Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's a little man In a little house With a little pet dog And a little pet mouse Know where he lives And I'll visit him We have Sunday tea Sausages and beans I know where he lives Cause I know where Sue lives He was very famous once upon a time And no one knows Even if he's alive But I know where he lives And I'll visit him In a little hut In Cambridge I know where Sibara lives oh. And the trees and the flowers are so pretty, aren't they? He was very famous Once upon a time And no one cares Even if he's alive We do I'm in... Oh, he's trying to get to the earth here. Oh! This is the kind of thing where a video might be better. But yeah, there's a squirrel that is... Its tail is looking a little emaciated. But it's got a row of nipples on it. We can tell because it's running right up on the window. And we're in Highland Park. I'm at Nate Denver's house. Hey. Say hi, Nate. Hi. It's trying to get to the bird feeder right now. And this is Sadie. So far, Any bird I haven't been able to do. Any burbling baby sound in the city, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's you. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. That's you. So there's a lot of things going on. There's a baby stand right here. There's enchiladas are being made on the Science Channel. And uh, <laughs> and that sound happened. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just talking about how um, 
how Kickstarter is a thing. And, and Nate, you just did this uh, promo Kickstarter thing for the next book you're doing, which is going to be book and a CD also? Yeah, it wasn't originally going to be a CD. I, I intentionally wasn't going to do it like that because it felt like it. the first one that had a CD occupied this zone where people would see it as one or the other. Because the CD was a full album, but it wasn't a CD in a record store or a record in a record store. Right. And the book was a full book, but it, a lot of some bookstores were uh, reluctant to carry some of that as CD because that's a different animal. So I thought, I'll just do just the book. So it's just text and drawings and then release a record later. Mm-hmm. And then a, a, a bunch of people were ask, asking if there was going to be a CD. And then Zach, Sally, he uh, said, I think you should do CD. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's how the first one was, and if this is a continuation of the first, it should yeah. be consistent. And so, right now, I got to record an album, which is totally motivating and exciting. I'm happy. I'm excited about it, so it'll be fun. Yeah. So Zach, who put out your first, that's your first book, yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. And he's still been really helpful. And oh yeah. Advice about how to go about doing this, and yeah, extremely helpful. And uh, he's he's got Lamano, his publishing company, going, and mm-hmm. he's. Uh, I think he was just on a book tour for Sammy the Mouse, which is an incredible comic book that he does. Right, so he's stuff. he's working on stuff all the time. But yeah, he's an incredible resource and all around good guy. And and is it it's kind of interesting. I don't know. If, I don't know how many people listening. I'm assuming people that are listening to this maybe know your background, but both you and Zach, well, Zach was in bands also yeah. for a long time. Like he was in low. Yeah. So, so he's, he's kind of understands both those worlds. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we, we met cause, uh, he, we met, he was playing bass for 33. Right. Who don't have a bass player with the, for this yeah. tour. They had a bass player and, uh, Mick Turner from 33 put out my first record, which is called prepare to die. And, uh, so they took me on the road and Zach was playing bass and we met he, in LA, which is the first, or no, it was like the second or third stop of the tour. And I walked into the this dress room and Zach was kind of huddled reading, re, huddled reading something. I was like, oh man, I think I walked in on someone doing something weird. And then, uh, but he was reading a comic book. He's just really into comics and he's also an excellent artist and writer, mm-hmm. makes comics. And so we just, uh. We get, became buddies that first that first time we met, and then remained buddies after that. Your music that your music that you're doing as Nate Denver's neck, yeah, is like probably the, is the primary thing that you're doing with music now. But yes. your and did that well, predate being in Total Shutdown, or was that a no, contemporaneous thing? No, Total Shutdown. Paul started Total Shutdown first, and then pretty soon after that, just because. I had been I I started playing guitar when I was 13 and was in, really into it for a few years and then lost lost it and then in college got back into it moved to San Francisco met Paul we started that and then uh, just playing all the time with Total Shutdown with a stand up kid playing Total Shutdown just got me back in that mode of you know coming up with songs and writing songs and so yeah it just came shortly after that and then. Uh, yeah, that's it. Just developed as nice, nice to have, you know, doing something by yourself <laughs> when you're doing a band because there's no descending voice. And uh, not that descending voice is a bad thing. It's why that's necessary. But it's also cool to be able to do whatever you want without anybody yeah. saying anything. Yeah, it's totally like I think there is like a major 
I like both the things of uh, being in a band and having that dynamic of working on something as a group yeah. and just having total autonomy. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's nice to do both things. Yeah. Um, and then, like, uh, I think that's interesting when I remember when I first heard the stuff you were doing then because it was different genres of things kind of yeah. put together, yeah. like pretty different genres of yeah. things. And uh, was too. I think it was trying to do too much, or, or trying to trying to. Uh, it was trying to do too much because it was trying to incorporate like beats that yeah. I always have really liked, and then trying to incorporate death metal, which I really liked, and trying uh-huh. to incorporate. I think it was trying to incorporate too many genres, but more than anything, trying to do uh, just kind of like a sh- show and tell thing of what I like. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, which is which is it was completely fun, but it was it was definitely scattered. I mean, I think like that, there's something really still scattered. awesome about that stuff, but it yeah, exactly. It's like a little bit harder to explain to someone what it is. Yeah, well, that's, it's, it's not that it 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 totally makes sense if you know what you're into. And yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, and the what I found is it's hard to sometimes it's difficult to to uh, convey that it's not a joke. Because there's there are elements that are supposed to be funny, but it's also and I think it's it's inherently sad. All of it is not all of it, but a lot of it is inherently very sad. Yeah, and I think that comes through to uh, I think that comes through sometimes, but sometimes people just think it's uh, a comedy act, which is fine. I like comedy acts, but definitely not the intent. And when I like when I started playing with corpse paint and doing all that stuff, that was just that was supposed to be completely 50-50 of appropriation and satire mm-hmm. and the appropriation part is, was with absolute respect for that genre mm-hmm. and the theatrics of, of uh, like black metal of black metal that I that I still really like but also a satire of it because it is completely ridiculous at the same time I'm the Denver family even when I'm by myself I'm total shut down even when I'm by myself I am the forest even when I'm by myself I'm legion even when I'm by myself Let the guillotine fall and let the trumpets play My neck will break the blade and I will walk away The king will cry, the crowd will sigh And a path will clear I will return in one year with my army of deer The castle will be burned, a lesson will be learned Respect is not given, no, it must be earned While demons get their sustenance from screams and fear I'm eating dragon hearts and drinking unicorn tears I run with stampedes and my pace is steady When the demons come for me, I will be ready if you find a forest through the wardrobe, don't trust the trees Cause some are spies for the witch and they speak through the breeze Don't drop to your knees when the lion arrives Steady your beating heart and hold your head up high Sit and smile watching cats catch and kill little sparrows My wrists are ripped apart from my bow and arrow The cave is narrow up ahead Remember what the shaman said about the curse and taking treasure That will leave us all dead Not worried to run into the king and queen of cobras I have a pet mongoose and he rides on my shoulders My mouth's a cannon with a sword as a bayonet Armageddon has been an effect Step I 
saw a ghost that scared me out of my skin A massive muscle and organs were falling off my skeleton I've never been to a dinner where they serve ghouls gruel Nor have I drank a cup of steaming goblins drool Never tasted witch meat, never ate troll feet I stick with Twix and ice cream, yes I do love sweets I have an open mind, but keep your weirdo movies to yourself I like Karate Kid, Pink Panther, Evil Dead, and Elf I got a smile at the ready and I hand them out free And stop thieves in the street with canned food like Dundee Try to be a bit better than I was before And then my light opened the door I hate on a first date hearing emotional gore I don't care about the knucklehead she dated before I don't care about their jobs I don't care about their cars I sympathize but it's too early for emotional scars Chocolate milk by the bottle Awfully fond of Colorado When a pirate's on my tail I drop the hammer on the throttle Wear a helmet on my head And my skin is chain mail Sharks are shook My voice booms like a killer whale Dug a cave in the woods To hide everything I own Wear the skin of a bear Now the forest my home Sleep and eat all alone Call my dad on the phone I miss him every single day Sometimes I hate being grown Every year my hair grows a bit thinner on top But shoulders have thickened up So punches help foes drop The clip-clop of my horse is a misleading sound Cause he walks on the air His hooves never touch the ground The hairs on my beard are sharp like thorns on roses I run quickly over hurdles just like Edwin Moses My nose is a couple inches above my chin I like the nose on the kid from Midnight's Children I like the girl who's so pretty That they cut her face when I was six i sprayed myself with my mother's mace i don't remember the taste but i remember the sting no photographic memory but i recall most things but when my brother sings it doesn't happen a lot a warrior with a voice who would have thought love to sing in church that's where i got my start my grandma knew every single church hymn by heart i'd hold the book in a way that she and i could see she'd look ahead and sing and pray and ask for god's mercy never forget the way she helped my mom my brother and me can articulate the amount of love i have for my family it hurts me sometimes to think about the fallen family and friends i hope when i die i see them all again truly one of a kind some of the nicest people that you'll ever find and mean as hell at the same time i also wanted to like touch on this thing i know if you've heard about the thing the book that like Paul's working on, he's yes. probably talked to you about this book yeah, idea. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I was I was kind of thinking about it because I feel like that's like a you know when the period where we met, yeah. and there was a lot of stuff going on in that time period. Yeah, uh, and it's hard for me to really have any objectivity about it, which I think is why it's interesting to do a book. Right. So it's like, is this going to be a thing that only matters to like? the whatever 50 to 100 people that were around right. or is it going to have some kind of I think I don't know if they're trying to make it be more like something like you know please kill me right or uh, there was recently a Bay Area punk rock book called give me something better oh I need to see that uh, yeah it's alright it's an oral history it's kind of a similar thing yeah uh, well this is going to be more focused on I think photography and flyers and the art aspects of it yeah and I, I don't know. Like I definitely felt like when things were going on in that time period, like I had, I definitely had a thing thought in the back of my head. Like this is like important, and this will be important right, down the road. Too. I did too. And I think that everyone who was part of that felt a little bit that way, and we we're yeah. kind of like perpetuating that. And I'm, uh, I don't know, I don't know whether that's true or not. Yeah, I don't think it is. You don't think it's actually true? Yeah, at the time, and at the time, I also. I, I felt that too because I had no experience with that kind of music. Like right. when when Paul, like Boxleitner, I I'd, I'd never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. All those bands, I'd never seen any. 
Numbers numbers reminded me of Devo. I love Devo. Yeah. I think they hate that. Also, they hate Think of Devo. And B-52s. I think I call them. Even Devo was new to me then. I just I wasn't into that stuff growing up. I was into three punk bands. I was into Black Flag, Dead Kennedys, and I guess Bad Brains. But I don't really even... Yeah, consider them the same genre, you know. Right, right, right. But anyway, I was into those bands, and then I was into Minutemen big time. But then I was into rap, and then I was into Slayer. I did. I don't have the background that Costuros has in mm-hmm. punk, so and I didn't know anything about John Zorn or any of that stuff. Right. So to me, I was like, Paul invented a new genre of music. This is totally new. I've never heard anything like right, this. Right. Right. And uh, so I had the same same feeling, and. Uh, now it's like 12 years later. It's a funny thing. It's 12 years later, and a lot of it is so inaccessible, whereas you look at a lot of... When you look at a lot of those movements, it's still, it's still like pretty straightforward rock and roll. Right. A lot of the m- movements that happened before ours, and ours is kind of hard to listen to. You know? <laughs> it's, it's not like that. And some, some of it is pretty straightforward. But I remember at the time thinking, oh, man, those, those bands are... So so basic yeah ours is so crazy and it but it, i think uh, it wasn't just this because i think there was so much of a performance aspect to it especially right, when i think yeah. about what total shutdown was doing it was bringing together a lot of like i think it was at the same time it's funny because when we i had known that you guys existed and at the same time like i think the first time we saw or played a show with you guys it made sense because i was talking to gabe about this whole like i want to do a band that is like that is like an Andy Kaufman hey. type band. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right, right. But like it sounds like this, but is doing this stuff. And right. you guys were doing it better than we were doing it. <laughs> and that's what was I thought was exciting about it too. But um no, I think it's a combination of like I think being that age and being impressionable at a certain age and like thinking that you're reinventing the wheel. That's right, reinventing. And that's yeah. what I think every Every group of like twenty three to twenty five year olds in a, a cool city that's Absolutely. making whatever they're making, whether it's skateboards or photography right. or or weird noise bands with costumes, it's probably the similar thing. And it feels weird to think, God, that was like twelve years ago for I us. I know. I mean, you know, it doesn't really feel that way inside. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which is why I think like putting it, documenting it all, I'm like I'm a little afraid to document this. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited about it just because I I would love to have all those flyers exactly. In one place and yeah. Have a, a, you know, a yearbook of. It's of like a yearbook. It is like a yearbook. It was insanely fun. I don't really like going out, and I'd go out every night during that time, and it's, you yeah. know, it'd be something different and uh, fun every night. It's like San Francisco around like ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. I think kind of died off around two thousand three or so. Yeah. Or, yeah, things so. kind of like tapered into different points. It's okay, kid. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's right. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what, what they come up with. Yeah. And, and I mean, in hindsight, some of the best stuff that would come through with people from the Midwest coming just on tour would be like, oh. Yeah. So you can get weird and be listening. Like, I'll listen to the record more than one time. Mm hmm. Or because mm-hmm. a lot of, it seems like a lot of our records from our scene was more like, an acknowledgement of the scene and a commemoration of the act, but it's it's hard to capture what the performances were on I, the record. I especially think that with like you with you guys, even though like I think like you know the records are good, but like it just you really need just like a DVD or yeah. something of that yeah. stuff, <laughs> or just hologram on, hologram on those records. Yeah, because it was just like more. 
way more confrontational and way more just yeah. physical of a thing. And and like I, I I was it was funny, I was thinking about it, like I would get more bummed out if someone didn't like you guys and if they didn't like our band. Oh, really? <laughs> because it was kind of like I'm like, look, we're I know we're we're kind of idiots, but like I thought you guys were doing something that was like made more of a sense in a general sense. I mean like I feel like we went in kind of knowing that what we were trying to do was like too kind of like what you're saying about what you were trying to do when you first started Nate Denver's neck. It was right. like with Boxliner, I think we were trying to jam all sorts of ideas and possibly conflicting ideas. Yeah. Together. Right. Right. <laughs> so for me, I mean Bob and Paul are so literate in that in performance and uh all those bands and all that stuff that I they'd give Pete and I idea tell us what they were thinking and ideas and stuff and I mean for me most of the time it, I had no idea what they were talking about. Right. And uh and I see the fir- the first show I saw Paul go berserk. I've never seen someone go berserk like that. Mm-hmm. And it was super exciting, totally cool and exciting. And he's like, "Yeah, go more crazy." And that was that was really fun, but I had I had no frame of reference for any of that right. stuff. Right. Okay, that so makes I had, sense. I've never yeah. seen yeah. any of that stuff. What did I do? Yeah. Like he just he just he just uh, found out I could do death metal vocals. Like, just do that and scream. And I was so stoked because I've always wanted to be in a death metal band. So yeah. I was like, oh, cool. So this is a new genre of music. Like, what is this? <laughs> death metal vocals don't go with this kind of music. It was, it was neat. interviews I've done are ones where I have no questions written down we just have a conversation however you get stuck sometimes on those and yeah. the, one, the questions I always think are interesting are the ones that are uh, stuff you'd be curious about anybody like mm-hmm. what's your favorite thing about yourself or what do you not like about yourself mm-hmm. um, like what's your what's your favorite thing about laughing or what's your favorite thing about uh, you know, my first dates or all that stuff that everyone can relate to that's that's the stuff I always try and ask yeah. folks. Or 
bands like Slayer that you've liked since elementary school genuinely have questions that you've had for yeah. 15 years. Those ones are pretty fun too to be able to ask. Are you questions. still doing any of that yeah. kind of writing? And yeah, stuff? yeah. You're still doing it. Not a, not as much right. as I used to. But uh, but yeah, yeah, still doing. Yeah, stuff. yeah. for a slap or for no, or not. Pretty much only for this magazine called Complex now. Okay, yeah, I remember. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. totally fun. They get get me into weird interviews. So yeah. it's, it's been. It's still. I still enjoy interviewing people yeah. just because everyone's life is interesting. Yeah, pretty much. I I I guess that's good because I I kind of hit this wall with music writing where I felt like I didn't want to talk to bands anymore. Well, I completely stopped writing record reviews. Yeah, because they. I had. I think. I think I. After ten years of doing it, became two or three reviews. Yeah, that would just be, have a couple different words inserted or the same joke a different way. Because there's only so many. I mean, it's, particularly because I was writing about mostly death metal and rap, mm-hmm. and for you can only say brutal riffs so many times. Or like right. the, the double bass stuff is this fast, or like it's such similar language. It's hard to differentiate. Whereas, just like any genre you're not listening to, like to me, techno all sounds the same. If I got into it. I'd be able to hear the difference, but just like right. all rap sounds the same to my dad and all mm-hmm. death metal sounds the same to my mom, mm-hmm. I can hear the difference in that stuff, but it's hard to articulate. And yeah. Also, to- at a point, kind of pointless to articulate. I, it's just it's good or I like it or yeah. I don't like it. Well, I think that was also like when we were both kind of getting into that probably was now it's like hey, I heard about a band. I'll just look it up on YouTube. I know. Yeah, and, now, oh, that's right. and when we were starting, that was, you actually needed, yeah. hey, someone articulating this a little bit right. when should it's I not give, Should easy. I pay money yeah. for this thing? Yeah, or, right. or, or, or is this something worth checking out? And now it's like, it's, I guess, leveled the playing field in some ways, but I yeah. feel like it hasn't. I mean, you're more on the other end of it now because it's like you're about to put out a record in a book. It's yeah. like, you, how do you get publicity when like everything you're battling all the free information out there? I'm like, yeah. why would I listen to something new when I know I can listen to right. all these things for free that I've, I know I like? And when you're going to, for me, it's hard, not hard, but MP3s have made music, music listening experience totally different. I don't listen to albums anymore. And it sucks because listening to a cassette, you had to listen to the, the song that sucks in between the songs that were good, and after 20 times, the song that sucks becomes your favorite song. You go, right. oh, I hear hear this nuance or whatever, yeah. and I love that now, and you don't have that anymore. You just skip everything, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just so disposable now. It, it's, it is strange to be thinking about putting out a record just because, I don't know how many, you put so much time into making one, and you go, ah, when I buy one now, I listen to it like two, three times, and then mm-hmm. it's just on my playlist, and maybe I'll hear it again in a year. Yeah. So... I've, I've, I've gone back to buying way more records than I used to because mm-hmm. I'll listen to them front to end. We've got a record player in her room. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll way more into the idea of EPs now, too. Just yeah, six back.
know that you were playing with Ben a little bit, like he's playing drums with you. Is yeah. that still something you're working on doing? We haven't lately. I want. I'd like to get back to it just because yeah. it's fun playing with the live. Live drums sounds so much better, except yeah. for and everything except except for rap. Rap well, sounds awful with live bands, I think. But yeah, for anything guitar based, I think you can't beat live drums. Have you heard Death Grips? No. Have you ever heard about that? What no. Death Grips is? It's like Zach Hill, you know, the drummer yeah. from Hella, and yeah, then uh, uh, he's working with. It's not his band; it's the other guy's band, but Zach plays on it. Death uh, Grips. Death Grips. Grips. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, the stuff I've heard is pretty good, but then a lot of people are like, it's just like a new rap rock band. It's just oh, like yeah. rap rock for 2012. Totally into rap rock now. Yeah, you might like the Death Grips thing. I'll forward you the thing. I like a lot of that. I, yeah. I couldn't stand any of that stuff before. I can totally listen to 311 now. Oh, really? Yeah, somehow, <laughs> somehow that sounds okay to me. I now. feel like I've been At listening. At the time, it sounded yeah. like the worst thing ever invented, but now when I when it comes to the radio, yeah, it's okay. I like this really? stuff. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like our generation's like background. Like I will listen to a lot of 90s music that I didn't yeah. really care for, yeah, and like too. it's just it's just there. So yeah. I think it's because. We've heard it so many times. Mm-hmm. Like I hated, I hated Doggy Style when it came out. That Snoop album, mm-hmm. I hated it. And now I love that record. But I think it's because I've heard all those songs a million times it's on like, the radio. It's so like that tape. I'm just totally used to it. Yeah, it's yeah. like listening to a tape without buying the tape. Right. I think that is part of it. You're you just get used to it, and yeah. just just like when you go to a show and they're playing music, when the first time any song that you recognize, you're stoked. Right. Just because you recognize it and you're in this weird place, but all the weird, obscure stuff that you don't recognize, like, I don't know, because it doesn't sound good in a right. club. Right. But then anything, any recognition is comforting, I guess. Yeah, right, right. Like, if you hear the first, like, strains of, like, beat it or something, you just know what's coming. Yeah, and DJs will always say, like, they always try and break records on yeah. the radio. Right. Because people are in their comfortable surrounding, but then at a club, it's all familiar stuff because mm-hmm. it's an uncomfortable surrounding, so it's, it's, yeah, it's comforting to hear something, you know. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of, like, there are certain songs that I remember just hearing for the first time and having a distinct memory of, like, the first time I heard, like, that Adele song. Yeah. Or, like, the first time I heard, like, Hey Ya. Right. And because it's just, like, there are certain songs which just like I need to like look up what this is. It's just right. so odd. And the, the Adele thing, I think I had heard it a couple times until it really sunk in. Right. But then I think I was in the this mental space where I'm like, I'm like I had just that been most dumb. With the, with Not the, the most yeah. recent one. The one like well yeah like uh, the we could have rolled the deep yeah. yeah yeah like and I was like I had been dumped yeah and I was like driving in Europe yeah and I was just like I'm totally relating this song. It's yeah. like and it's like. You know what? Every country we go to, it's on the radio. Right, right. And it's just like, I can't get away from it. I'm yeah. just like, this is terrible. Yeah. And great. Yeah, yeah. I like her. Yeah. So you, you were asking about uh, Ben, and that just reminded me that mm-hmm. um, we played, I think, we, I think we've only played one show live, but it was so much fun. And I, I still love playing live, but here, the smell, mm-hmm. and then uh, this place, Pear Space. Yeah, yeah, but this spot's are There's good. one other place that I played that was fun. You got Homeroom? No. no like Every other place I've played here, though, is not fun. It's so much different than San Francisco. And part of it is all my friends are in San Francisco. But uh, it's just such a different feel than what our scene was. And I think what it still is there, whereas here, I don't know, it's just, it's not as, uh, I don't know if it's not as loose or there's just a different mentality of trying to make it. And I don't begrudge anyone trying to make it because mm-hmm. I think 
I mean, I, I would love to make it. I think anyone who actually goes out would like like to do that. Mm-hmm. But there's this, this it's not, it, it lacked the fun that SF had. Mm-hmm. So I've played way less. I've played like five shows since I've moved here. I've played more shows in SF mm-hmm. than I have here. And uh, I'm not sure what's missing, but I think I think it's that, just the, a different community. The camaraderie yeah. is different. Yeah, I think it's so. Like, yeah, and also, like, I guess, are more of your friends that you know from down here just people you know from being, like, in, like, the fire world or, like, the EMT yeah, I don't really stuff? Hang, I hang out with too many of those, those guys. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple. I have, like, yeah, my friends here are outside of music, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't really hang out with anyone from the fire department. Mm-hmm. They're group, I have really good friends there, but we see each other, you know, yeah. we see each other at work. Now, and, and that's an. I, I was a little surprised when you went that direction because I didn't really know that there was a direction that you were yeah. going to go. I think you started. You started with the EMT thing. Or, yeah, yeah. But totally with the idea of becoming a fireman. You did all have that in the, as a long term goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something that like the what what appealed to about you about uh, my my brother's in the navy and mm-hmm. his the the medic in his first platoon that he went to South America with. He got out and became a fireman and. Uh, in San Diego, Ensign Hughes. Mm-hmm. And he, he was just telling my brother and I about it, and he was saying to me particularly, he goes, you could definitely keep writing and keep playing music and be a fireman. Mm-hmm. And I just thought about, I was still touring at the time, which, as you know, is you did a the lot funnest. of tour. I did. I yeah. did a bunch, yeah. Yeah, you did Europe so as a you bunch know, it's insanely fun. It's yeah, a tour. Yeah. But I, I just started thinking about that. I could do this for the rest of my life, and I'll be exactly where I am right now, I think. Or... I could put all this on hold for a while, work towards something, and uh, then get back to it. Yeah. And so I, I just uh, started looking into the fire department. The more I looked into it, the better it seemed. Mm-hmm. And it's it's in it's neat because you don't have to sell anything. Right. But, and I don't. I'm totally behind capitalism, but mm-hmm. I don't like selling it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's nice. It's just nice. It's it's just a neat job. You just kind of help people in their worst days, and right, you get in weird adventures. And when you w- work with a good crew, it, it's just like being on tour because you're just joking around on the engine and stuff. It's really it's it's an awesome job. And uh, so yeah, it was just a diversion. And if for me, if you have to have a job, it's it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that I've always liked. Uh, I've always liked you know that kind of stuff like climbing up. Ladders and being on roofs with chainsaws is fun, <laughs> and having a like part of what I have to do every day is check my axe and the chainsaw and all these tools. That it's totally it's like a little boy's dream. So. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I still have that in me. It's weird. Time, so. I don't think mine with uh, my, my dreams as a child were never in yeah. that direction. I was always just like, like I think I just want to like, you know, command a starship or something. I don't know. Yeah, what well, I it's, want. it's similar. It's, yeah, yeah, I mean, it totally for me is very much the aspirations i had as a kid reading comic books Mm -hmm. like oh that guy helps helps people yeah and it it doesn't have the invincibility that those guys have which Mm -hmm. would be nice but yeah but you have you have armor against heat yeah the only it works for a little while that's everything burns but pretty nuts yeah but yeah it's uh yeah just the more i looked into it the better it seemed and it's turned out to be a good yeah so, so part of it is maybe like a service-oriented thing, like yeah. a community helping yeah. a community. And, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. every job. I love quitting jobs, and this is this is the first one I've had where it's hard to feel bad about. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be 
you know, bitter because there's not a boss there that yeah. is like, work harder. There's yeah. a, I have a captain. My captain's totally cool. He's my friend. His name's Steve. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not, he's not like, you need to write a better, you know, sales report or anything right. like that. It's, the, the criticisms were like, hey, you, you should maybe be cooler to that person because they're having, they're called because they cut their hand off. Like, you need to be more empathetic. But we had a girl that jumped out of a car yesterday. Ah. And it's hard not, she jumped out of the car because she was arguing with her brother. And it's, it's hard not to be like, he did what? Why did yeah. you? That's ridiculous. I totally but, can understand that. But too. Yeah, yeah. okay, so what's hurting? <laughs> Just yeah. get on with it, and not, not be caught up, caught up on that. So yeah, it's 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 different every day, and uh, lots mm. of, uh, lots of. Uh, uh, also, I am. I think everyone's fascinated with death, but I'm totally fascinated with death and scared of death. Mm-hmm. And I, just, we deal with death all the time on that job, mm-hmm. which is totally interesting yeah uh, it's not it's sad once in a while but you're so detached because you have a specific set of things that you have to do that it's not my my mom asked me about it she'd be like oh my god so sad so sad so sad and if you took everyone on as sad it would be debilitating so you're really you're removed in a way but sometimes kids mess you up and then sometimes a fam you know children of a parent that dies unexpectedly that can be brutal too but, that's pretty awful yeah but for the most part you're there to help right which uh changes changes your perception of how it's all going yeah i mean it's funny when i was talking to uh i was talking to amy yesterday uh, amy is fantastic and yeah. she's saying how like her whole family in colorado were cops like on yeah. her whole i think mom's side was yeah. cops and she was at this point when she was in college where she was trying to look at into being a forensics person that would be interesting I, that's what i thought it was like a little bit ahead of the whole curve of like csi and stuff like that right but she was like yeah this is a long time ago but she said it was pretty dark there was this guy that was going around killing people with Oof. a hammer oh. with the claw side of the oh, hammer man. it's just brutal stuff and yeah. it's like you know like it's just like yeah that would be my job is like looking at those photos right trying to analyze that stuff yeah. and i think I don't know. I feel like I, the, all those, the wave of all those shows, the forensic shows and, and forensic dramas, for a while it's sort of like, oh, everyone's kind of used to seeing that stuff yeah. in a way, but it's pretty different. It's sort of like liking horror movies and then right. seeing an actual dead body. Oh, yeah. You're like, these are not the same thing. Not the same, yeah. And, uh, you know, you think you can have a little bit of, like, ironic detachment yeah. in one that you cannot have in the other. And, uh, well, I, I mean, something that I see at work that would, wouldn't freak me out if I saw right now would flip me out. Like if, right, because the context is different. Yeah, because it's totally different context. But the, you, it's funny, you mentioned family of cops. My dad's side are all mm-hmm. cops out in New York. And, uh, you know, like most people in our scene and... Most people in our generation, <laughs> you have a bad relationship with cops, which is weird, yeah. especially for guys like us mm-hmm. that were not troublemakers. Yeah, like we and are not. always get, get messed with by cops growing up. I mean, you're used to getting messed with by cops when uh-huh. you grow up skating. Uh-huh. But even that, you're just, it's bizarre to get hassled by cops for skateboarding. Yeah. But even aside from skating, how, I've had very few good experiences with cops, mm-hmm. which is frustrating because that's what my dad's side does. Yeah. And... Even before doing this job, think, I mean, someone has to do that job, and I know there's good ones out there, mm-hmm. but man, now doing this job, anytime there's a 
a violent call or a kid mm-hmm. or death, uh, sheriffs show up as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't want that job. There's yeah. not a harder job out there, and you have to, you have to put yourself in their shoes before condemning them of what a difficult job it is. That mm-hmm. for our job, they we show up and they want to see us. They call us for help. Right. Cops rarely get to see the people that called them. They see the people that they were called for. You know, they see the criminal that yeah. the good guy is calling about. Right. And people are always constantly lying to them. Even good people lie to them. Right. And it's just, it's such an unbelievably hard job. Right. It's, uh, well, that's, I'm glad people are willing to do it yeah. because it's, you just open yourself up to so much abuse from the public. Well, that was the thing, the weird thing when I was telling you about that car accident I was in earlier right. where and that, that guy, guy showed st- up and was just a jerk. He was being a jerk and then to the point where it's like getting a little bit nervous. I'm like, like, I can't tell if he's actually threatening us or right. what. But I'm like, then I have to like, if I think about it from that perspective, yeah. He, it's Saturday night in Oakland. Right. He's probably he on me. edge all the time. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, like, okay, I just don't want to exacerbate the situation. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it mellow. But, I mean, that's an interesting thing, too, because I know, I know your brother is, like, super military. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how much you guys will talk about politics or anything like that, but, you know, that's a similar thing. Like, there are people that are, like... I don't like cops for these reasons, but like, well, do you know any? And it's like the same thing. Yeah. And like, do you, and the same thing, like, well, I, people might be against the war, but there can't be against, you know, the Americans that are fighting. Uh, You know, it's, it's a a little bit complicated, but it's also like, well, I wonder like how all these people feel. Cause we're at the generation where like, there's cops that grew up on punk rock. There's cops that understand all this stuff too. And, uh, I'll see guys on calls all the time. I love it when I see a kid in it and, you know, a misfit shirt or something like this, and I could talk to him about it, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> we had we went to, we had a call, and this guy was wearing an Origin shirt, mm-hmm. and so we were, I asked him about death metal, and he he was a jerk at first because I have a badge and my hair is combed, mm-hmm. and then and then he was like, "Oh, this guy totally whistles the death metal," and he turned out yeah. to be a, a nice kid, mm-hmm. and it was so fun because that there are definitely other firemen in my department that. Listen to death metal. I haven't met him yet, but I'm sure there's got to be one in the right. department my size. Which is gener- just generationally, it seems yeah. likely that I haven't met that guy, but it has yeah. to exist. Yeah. But it's is you're right. There are tons of uh, cops and firemen that grew up on this exact same stuff. And punks that ended up in the military. Totally. Because it's like, where are you going to get money for college? Where totally. are you going to do this other stuff? Totally. It just the seems mil- like they're stuck on this thing where they're kind of stuck having to justify things that aren't really their position to justify a lot of the time or like i mean yeah like i'm not it's weird to me because i can't even imagine like becoming a cop but like yeah like amy's whole family that's the generations of people that did that and it makes sense that they kind of like follow in these lines right uh and all i know about it is all everything i see on tv sure you know which is how most people know anything anymore but yeah um but uh yeah it's it's our our scene is interesting any scene is interesting but in how Ours, I always found interesting back then because my my brother joined the Navy in '99, mm-hmm. and so right before total shutdown started, so he's been in the whole time. I've known all those guys. Yeah, and it's all it was always interesting to me how progressive our scene claims to be, mm-hmm. and how how uh, how exclusive it is, and how eager to talk poorly about military mm-hmm. and law enforcement. They are mm-hmm. with very little first-hand experience mm-hmm. and without acknowledging that 
they're behaving exactly the way they think the military is behaving, the way they think everyone in the military or law enforcement is. Mm-hmm. My brother's the coolest dude I know, and he has a degree in fine arts, and he's, he, I mean, that guy is awesome, and a lot of, most of the guys he works with yeah, went to college or are into, they're all into surfing, they're all into all the, right. a lot of the same stuff that we're into. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was always, that was always a little frustrating about our seeing how quickly when people find out my brother's in the military, like, oh, how do you feel about that? Right, like, I like, couldn't be prouder that he's right. in the military. What your brother does is not conventional by anyone's totally. standards at all. Totally. Right, because is he, and he's in, the, he's in the movie that just came out? Yeah. I didn't see it, so I don't know. Is it, and that's like a mix of actors and non-actors? Yeah, it's like all the seals. Documentary seals. type stuff? But they're doing, they're doing like a, a, a plot. Like they act, yeah. It's acting. So all, yeah. all the seals are active duty seals, and everyone else are actors. Trapped in my room for three long days By a tyrannical sub-animal stuck in his ways And there is no escape, I've tried, tried And both times I nearly died, died Snuggle tummy is a hippo made of cotton Everything he does to this world is rotten And you can't believe the beatings he's given He's making my life seem not worth living But I won't quit, I will not give up I'm gonna escape and kick that hippo's butt So I cannot stay here no longer I'm doing push-ups and sit-ups and getting stronger Day four, I can't stay here no more Day five, it's longer and I won't be alive Day six, I'm learning all of his tricks Day seven, accepted hell and renounced heaven Day eight, death is snuggle tummy's fate Day nine, now it is escape time I wake up early in the morning with his blood on my mind Victory will be mine when I rip off his head, tear the stuff and ride out and leave him dead. I stand up tall like a tower or a mountain peak, but I'm skinny and tired, haven't eaten for a week. Mr. Snuggle Tummy is a stuffed hippopotamus, he's strong as an ox, he's been working out a Nautilus. So I wake up and get out of bed real slow, cause you and I both know that a hippopotamus is very smart and can see a mutiny coming from the very start. So I'm not gonna foul up my one chance. I'm gonna engage Snuggle Tummy in a death dance Then I saw that he was already awake Clearly this was not the time for me to make my break So I said, sir, good morning, what can I get for you today? And this is what he had to say Today is my birthday and you'll make me clean To make up for all of the horrible obscene Places you placed me when you were a baby And left me in the closet where nothing could save me I said, sir, I was just a little boy And you were my best friend and my favorite toy I had no intentions of hurting you I just grew up as little boys tend to do Then he jumped up and he smacked my face And my blood and his fur flew all over the place And he landed on his back feet And he looked up at me and said Take a seat! So I did, I sat in lotus position This was shaping up to be a hard-ass mission Snuggle Tommy came back with a big knife and said I'm gonna cut out your heart, stopping your life So I sat there nice and still I let a tear drop from my eye to give him his fill Of power and control and wrath Now starts the bloodbath Snuggle Tommy let out a great roar And he charged at me like a wild boar So I jumped up to my two knees I'll attack Snuggle Tommy on the count of three One, I will not be a victim to Oh, Snuggle Tommy, I used to love you three You will not kill me 
I punched the ground with all my might. It bounced, Uncle told me up he was a hippo in flight. And I opened up my mouth real wide. I grabbed that knife and swallowed the hippo like he was my pride. On his way down, he kicked and punched my lungs and heart. So I stabbed him through my chest with a throwing dart. He tried and struggled to not have to snuggle in my tummy. And it's funny, he's in there to this very day. I carry the knife with me so he will never get away. with me so he will never get away. I think people in the scene that we're in, probably mostly atheist, agnostic, like yeah. more on that side, I feel like I've kind of gotten to the point where I think I was pretty much like an atheist and now I'm kind of like, I'm like, maybe I'll be agnostic. I think it's a safer, safer bet. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like a weird way to, to position yourself. But a lot of that also I think came from the same place of like, just like, I don't want to do what people sure. want me to do. Sure. I also have a little bit of experience because I went to Catholic school. Right. So I know a little bit about it. And yeah. I went through this really, I just went to my brother and sister's confirmation. Yeah. And so we're like talking about like all these religious things, you know, like, and I had this experience of, I'm like, oh, I'm going to like kind of make fun of this service on Twitter right. while it's happening, right. even though I'm glad that my brother and sister are into it and yeah. it gives them a thing. I just definitely am having a hard time. It's more complicated in my family because I feel like it's like my stepmom is super Catholic. Right. Uh, you know, like when my dad passed away, it was like this huge deal for everyone, but also it was like... You know, like he wanted to be cremated and yeah. stuff, and then she totally went against oh, that. It just was like, you know, he's getting buried here. It's awful. Put like a different name on his oh. grave. Like supposedly he had been, had gotten a Catholic name, and it's like none of us knew him as that oh, name. Man. Like it's very weird to have that permanently there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I it's, I'm That's trying horrible. to be a little bit more open in a way about just you know I don't know the answers to all these things. Yeah. But at the same time. I'm like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not the way you do it. Right. But I'm trying to, like, give people their space because they're like, you know, it, that's the reason we have religion. People, like, lose loved ones and you kind of yeah. cope, cope with it somehow. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, like, since you have all these songs about death and stuff, I'm sure you have, like, your own thought process on all this stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean we we're, were raised Episcopalian, which is a very mm -hmm. uh, liberal mm -hmm. part of Christian church. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, never forced on us at all and always really loose. But then when I was towards the end of high school, I have an uncle who was born again and he's a racist kind of mm -hmm. ugly guy. I thought, oh man, he's always talking about God in, in these high fluting ways. And he's a total jerk, not into it. Mm -hmm. So turn my back on that. But I, I never stopped saying my prayers at night because mm -hmm. I figured, well, even if there's no God, that's it's helpful for me to be thankful for my family and all these these things that call them blessings or lucky things or whatever you have good in your life even if there's no god listening that's helpful for me to acknowledge every night and it's also helpful for me to acknowledge a forgiveness for things that i do poorly and i'm not catholic so i've never gone to 
I've never to, done that stuff. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the I've uh, never done a confession. Confession, yeah. But I think there's value in acknowledging things that you're doing poorly or that you could you'd like to improve. I also think there's value in praying for somebody else, even if no one's listening, because you're thinking about them. And I, th- I think there's value in that. So yeah. I never stopped doing that, and I've never, I never enjoyed going to church. I was just thought it was boring, and I, I never experienced this in the Episcopal Church, because there's ton, it's those services are actually pretty fun. There's tons of singing, and mm-hmm. it's colorful and just kind of neat. But organized religion doesn't appeal to me just because it's it's a group mentality and you can't help but be competitive in a group mentality and i don't think there's any place my idea of if there's a god what what god would be is not competitive he wouldn't Mm -hmm. think if you don't say my name if you don't say my name you're going to hell right or if they don't believe in the same god kill them there's no i would never worship someone like that right and i have a problem worshiping anything right or putting anything above me, but I like the idea of a god that's like Zeus, or mm-hmm. or or like you know, an all omnipotent, ultra powerful superhero god. I like that idea. It's mm-hmm. extremely comforting to me, mm-hmm. and I still say my prayers, and I hope someone like that is listening. Mm-hmm. If he's not, that's okay. I, yeah, but we baptize Sadie. I, mean, mm-hmm. it's, I think there's validity in mm-hmm. in that. In the idea of faith, I think there, I think there is a, mm-hmm. a lot of value there, and I think where the problem arises is when people get in groups and do it and start saying that the way we do it is right and the way they do it is wrong. Right. Yeah, like because and, it's the antithesis of what the idea of an all-loving being would be. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre, mm-hmm. and I, I also think it's tough to talk about religion. I don't like talking about it because yeah. if my idea varies from someone else's at all. They love to tell me I'm wrong, which doesn't make sense because we're talking about something that's totally imaginary and probably doesn't exist. If it does exist, I will be so happy. I'll be so happy if there's a heaven. It would right, be right. incredible. Right. But it's funny to it's funny to me in my music, my experience. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite death metal band is Deicide. They are theistic Satanists. It's totally based on Christianity. It's right. not the idea and. The singer will say like he doesn't believe in a god at all, mm-hmm. but it's not. They're not singing about Nietzsche. They're th- singing about Jesus, right? Which is so so romantic to me that mm-hmm. they have that much animosity towards Christianity and Jesus, this thing that's supposed right. to be all loving and comforting and wonderful. That they have a band totally based on the opposite of right of certain religion that they're denouncing. It's like it's like uh, like I don't believe in Batman, but I worship the Joker. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So I always, that always really appealed to me, and it's also exciting. I mean, I didn't go to Catholic school, but grew up going uh-huh. to Sunday school, and to speak poorly about God is exciting. I mean, it's totally exciting, and I always thought it's like, Jesus, Jesus, show yourself, I will find you, I will kill you, or something like that. And like, every time I say that on, on stage, I'm like, oh my God. Like, you actually feel like a little so, bit, like you're yeah, getting like, away I with it. I shouldn't be saying this. And, and, and yeah. I absolutely have this thought, like... If there's a god, he is way smarter than my stupid sense of humor, and he's like, he's a good guy. He's yeah, yeah, totally having fun and trying to figure out who he is or what he's doing. Yeah, and uh, but it was very exciting, and it's it was always surprising me at shows when people would come up to me and talk about atheism, mm-hmm. and because uh, it seems it seems clear to me in mind that even though I've got songs like out about killing God, mm-hmm. and and uh, I don't think I have any about no god. I know I don't have any about no God that people it's just interesting to see how people take whatever your 
whatever your idea is, however vaguely it's formed, mm-hmm. and completely appropriate and be like, yes, that's exactly how I feel. There's, mm-hmm. There is no this, there is no that. Well, you're also doing it in corpse pain. You're that's kind of right. preventing yourself in a certain way. That's, that's like, right. People oh, this, are this have to worry to get to. Yeah. This guy in Detroit came up, and he's like, and he's, he encapsulated the best after a show, and he said, uh, to blaspheme is to believe. That's the saying, right? Right. I had never heard that, actually. I go, exactly, that's exactly what I've been trying to say. That's what I've been trying <laughs> to come up with, to articulate what my thoughts are on all this, that... Mm-hmm. I, I think you're buying into it I to, to some, reject it. I hope there is something yeah. that I'm rejecting mm-hmm. that also is a total endorsement of it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I know is when I, when we did go to church, and, and the last time I truly felt this in high school, it was incredibly comforting to think that there was a God looking out for me and, and helping me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've started to get a little bit of that back since I started working in the fire department, just because I. I've seen more stuff than I'd seen before that. Yeah. And it just puts you a little bit in touch with mm-hmm. the, the hope of a higher power. And uh, Yeah. But, I mean, it seems unlikely. But I, I hope there is. I think it would be what could be better than yeah. someone that was looking out for you. You know, I, 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 I didn't really... I thought maybe I would have some kind of, like, spiritual awakening because I've been going through a lot of this personal stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of actually almost felt like the reverse in right. a way. I was like, look, I, I'm. It made me kind of like be more anti certain, maybe just this particular breed of Christianity. But I've yeah. been, like, I was like really like just like calling it into question because I actually think like I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Like, there's like some sort of similar pattern with the way that things work in the Catholic Church. Like, I was listening to an NPR interview, and the the, the uh, there's these nuns in America that are. I guess okay with birth control. Yeah. And the Vatican sent a letter critiquing these nuns. Right. And it's like these nuns took a vow of chastity, yeah. a vow of poverty. Yeah. They helped the lowest people in society, yeah. and they're like, you know, maybe these people don't need to have all these kids. Right. And the Vatican is like critic criticizing right. them. It's like that is crazy. They're doing what like you guys are supposed to be doing. Right. And you're like trying to, and it's like to be fair, like it's their club. You can be like, you know what? Great, you're doing that. You're sure. not part of our club. Sure. Fair enough. It's like, well, maybe there is, you know, it, it's it's like similar to the military in the way, like you are part of this organization. Yeah. And you're not given much. You're not really given much agency as an individual. Yeah. And I think that's the part that bugs me about both about those kinds of things. Maybe like the military, the church, you know, and just this authoritarian thing or corporate, the corporate world sure. as well. Like, where you are just kind of, like, given these arbitrary tasks to do all the time. Right. And that really bothers me. Right. Um, and at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, this is maybe what we need to do to, like, get through this moment of feeling terrible and, like, missing this person. Right. Just, I'm, like, trying to give other people space to do what they want to do. But sometimes what they want to do is mutually exclusive to, like, what I would like to do. Right. And that is where I kind of get into thing of like no I'm not gonna just I I can't just like like well let's agree to disagree right. and like you think this thing I think this other thing and, yeah and uh yeah like there was, it was a I was at this confirmation and there was this sculpture of like the devil being uh, a angel standing over him 
And I was, like, saying to my little brother, who just got confirmed, I'm like, oh, like, that's an interesting-looking demon. He's like, that's Satan. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I I was treating it like if you or I walked into, like, a culture that we did not know. Right, be like, yeah. like, there's all these interesting demon yeah, cultures right. over here. Like, no, there's only one demon. Right. There's only one. Like, yeah. everything that goes wrong is Satan. Right. But there's all these different saints right. and all these different martyrs. Right. It's like, how come they get to have a team yeah. and this guy is just one one guy? Yeah. And, uh... And like I was in this in this setting where they're just like, "Do you renounce Satan?" Like kind of to everyone on mass because that's what you do when you do the baptism. Yeah. And I was like, "Like, well, I, I would have to be buying into a lot of other Maybe. stuff to go along yeah. with just that one part." Also, so I can relate because at her baptism, mm-hmm. Sandy wasn't raised going to church at all, mm-hmm. and uh, so I brought home the script basically for the baptism, and it says, "Do you renounce Satan?" and all. Mm-hmm. all his works or something yeah, like that yeah. and uh, yeah. I had a real problem with it because I I uh, let's say it's all accurate and that there is that Satan rebelled and they're thrown from heaven and that Satan is a corrupted corrupted man and does is responsible for everything that's bad totally necessary mm-hmm. you can't you can't have good without bad right you can't have light without dark that and if if all evil was eliminated, there'd be a new... There'd be no personal there'd be choice. A, there'd be a new level of what was in the middle of good to very good to only kind of good. Mm-hmm. And the only kind of good would become evil. Good would become nothing. And the very good would be good. I mean, there has to be a balance. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah, do I renounce Satan? I don't know if I want to say that right. in here. And then, the uh, to his credit, the uh, preacher, before he was saying, you know, we're not talking about a guy in a double costume we're just talking about evil in the world mm-hmm. I said I can renounce that absolutely yeah, I, can, yeah, yeah. I can get on board with that yeah so so that was okay but it, it, was, it was yeah it was just funny reading this thing that as a kid you're like yeah Satan's the worst but mm-hmm. uh, Satan's like the coolest imagery by far and in Paradise Lodge he's the sexiest guy by far <laughs> and his crew of like Moloch and Belial and Beelzebub. Oh, he does have a crew. Yeah, and, he has uh, a crew. Like, like, <laughs> these guys, those guys are way cooler than Gabriel and all these guys. <laughs> except for, I mean, Gabriel and those guys seem cool too, but yeah, it's just funny reading yeah. it for the first time being responsible for this little girl and thinking, mm-hmm. eh, well, I don't want you to be a Satanist just because they seem equally weird. Any, <laughs> any like, you know, blind yeah. acceptance of something and that I just, I really think it's that group, that group worship turns, yeah. gets, turns things wacky. Yeah. But first, pers- if she, uh, she developed a personal relationship with nature or whatever she, some higher power that can be called God or not, mm-hmm. I'd be happy. I think that's healthy, and I think it's mm-hmm. also indicative of uh, imagination to think, like, mm-hmm. well, this tree is God, or the sun, you know, the sun is the most logical one to worship, but, mm-hmm. but you know, Odin or whatever you think is mm-hmm. a greater power than you, I, I like the idea of that. One at a time, sand them down And one by one they go in the ground Their weight bends my back, it hurts my hands Generations will come and they'll still stand Marking the dead for most of my years Stone standing grass that is watered by tears I 
can't bear to see the morning eyes read the words I write. So I set the stones in place alone late at night. I am a gravestone carver. Every day Someone, someone loved Has passed away Long poems of memory Or name and date kept brief Commemorating a life Or displaying a survivor's grief here ends their suffering for some, it's just begun. Everything the dead did for themselves is now undone. Some die alone, some leave a friend with failing health. If a grave is blank, I buy and set a stone myself. I am Gravestone Carver Small stones for tiny bones That never had a chance Parents stand above their child In a woeful trance Children are free from sin, so on their stone a lamb. With watering eyes and a heavy heart, I do the best work I can. I never fear the day that death comes take my hand. I fear the cries of my family, so I'll live as long as I can. I do know I will pass, and my kin will carve my stone. My soul will leave, but these last words will mark my body's home. Go home, friends, dry your eyes, I will be here when you arrive. Do not fear death, don't run, rather live life well, so you're ready to go when death comes. Life I love my wife, in death I love her still. I've joined my friends and family, we're waiting on God's green hill. I am a gravestone carver. first French to girl? Jeez, man. Uh, honestly, probably in my like mid twenty, early mid twenties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, was uh, scary. It was pretty awesome, but it was a little scary. Yeah, yeah. She was a little. 
She was very aggressive. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you learn a lot in the first ten minutes? Yeah, we learned. We, I learned long, a lot. How long was the first makeout? That was a pretty. That was like it was like kind of going from like I'd maybe kiss two girls on the lips uh-huh. and like without planning on it, like uh-huh. they had planted one on me, and then like nothing, and then I was. Like, yeah, it was pretty extreme. I think we basically rounded like three bases and more. Whoa, happened. All kind of in like one fell swoop. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is a. Uh, I, I kind of like got a lot of uh, my learning curve up. But yeah. then it's sort of been a. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so, it was Chi. Did we know each other? I, I think so, yeah. I think I did. I, I feel like I kind of yeah. remember this. Actually. I might have told you this story. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, a late, I'm a late start person. But uh, yeah, it was pretty extreme in my view. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I don't know. What it was weird because I felt like she didn't was really good, like me. Was it a good experience? Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was good. Yeah, but then like I feel like she didn't really like me that much. Just, it was just like sport. this is what we do. It was sports. Yeah, I felt like that. And then the weird thing is like years later, I'll even now occasionally see her around town, and she kind of avoids eye contact. Oh really? Yeah, and it kind of weirds me out a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was the that was the first. It was yeah. kind of like. I got a lot of things covered in that first one. Yeah. Which is weird, because it wasn't a relationship. Right. I re- that's what I realized at a certain point. I'm like, this is not really a relationship. Right. How, uh... Because she was, like, an out-of-towner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah, I do remember yeah, yeah. Um, Is stand-up getting easier, or is it unbelievably scary? It's not unbelievably scary, but it's not getting easier. Yeah. How long have that you been doing sense. it now? Uh, the first time I did stand-up technically would be, I guess, 08. I did the first couple things. I, I, I opened for Sam McFeeders at a thing. I did this. The first bit I ever did was not really a bit. Yeah. It was just me uh, talking about uh, the Indiana Jones movie and how terrible it was. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I did, um, I did Beth Lissick's Porch... Light series, those. yeah, those were great. I don't remember the first time I did that. I might have done the first one in uh, '09 or something like that. So, yeah, I think I started doing a little bit of stand-up that wasn't really stand-up. Like there was barely a joke in any of those things. Right, yeah. And like now, I'm at the point where I'm more intimidated because I've seen all the good stand-ups, uh-huh. and that's why it's worse. Right. When I only knew like a couple people, and I would only like be like, oh, I've heard the Pat Oswald album. Right. I can do this. Right. And then when you're up with people that are, like, really good, oh, God. that is what's intimidating. It's it's more that. It seems like the scariest thing. Pot- I would love to do it. I'm way too scared to do it. It seems like far away the hardest performance you could possibly do. Yeah. Um, possibly take off. The, the act of doing it is not so... When it goes terribly, when it goes bad, it is really, really awful. When it goes well, it is really the most fun. I bet. I bet. Because, like, think of all the... Well, you, you're a solo performer, yeah. so you get that to some extent. Yeah. I had this thing, comparing it to music, because I have done so much with music, my comparison would be um, when, we, when, when one of my bands would not do well with an audience, yeah. you always had an out. Right. You'd be like, they they didn't get it. Right. Yeah. It was not for them. Right. When you're doing badly in comedy, it's like, well, did they understand English? Right. Mm, then you might yeah. not be doing your job properly. Right. Yeah. Which is weird. It's just a good thing where, like, with with music, I think I got to the point where I was like, I don't care about the audience anymore. Yeah. 
And then with this, it's like, it's only about how you work with the audience. Right. So it is more difficult. I was less stressed out about it the less I knew about how it worked. Yeah. Now I know more about how it works. And yeah, it's intimidating going up with other people that I think are really good. Right. I think I can entertain, I can entertain a room full of strangers in my own way, usually. Right. But then I really had this thing of like, they're like, I had other people being like, well, you take too long to get to your things. Your setups are too long. Right. When I get specific feedback that's constructive criticism from people, yeah. that is like a different thing than just, well, like in my head, this is funny. Right. And I think that's what you learn by the more you do it. Right. And then it does put more pressure on you. Right. Yeah. 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 I should say about music or about your drawing or your art or something. Yeah, I mean, can't really like if the drawing. I just have to like. Yeah, well, something. I mean, the draw. To me, the drawing, the drawings and music and drawing music and short stories are totally identical to me. They, they the drawings look the way my music sounds, and the stories read the way the drawings look, and the music sounds like they're yeah. they're the exact. Which is true, I think. Like Paul Kostoros is. His drawings look exactly like Total Shutdown, you know? yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that's true of most most people that do that stuff. Like, like yeah, people that do all those things. Like, yeah, there's a, a thread that goes through it. Yeah. Like, like uh, think about like the way that Dwyer's art has gone. It's gone really crazy yeah. lately. It's gone really psychedelic in a really specific. He's gotten way. so good at drawing. Yeah, yeah, his drawings have gotten it, really it good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a talented guy. Yeah, yeah. 
That's another guy who's like made it kind of work from the scene. Like he's yes. that's all he's doing now. Yeah, right. Is doing OCs. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, that's no surprise to me. He, that he's a driven dude. He's always been a he driven is dude. So hardworking. Yeah, and so uh, he's just very organized and methodical about it all. And his his level of productivity is inspiring. Yeah, and yeah, he's kind of always been that way. But always I think been he's that just, way. Like, yeah, but it was almost to the point I think where like some of us where we. You have too many projects. Like he, for a while, he had like too many things, but he just focused it all into this one thing right. now. Right. And I but that's what it is. I've always appreciated about John that he, he's, I don't think, I can't think of a downtime since we met that dude in 99. Mm-hmm. He's just been cranking out exceptionally good music the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he's got, and he's, and he was always a good guitar player, but man, he is an unbelievable guitar player. Mm-hmm. And the first when I met him, he was playing drums. That, I think that was the first time I met him at the right. Burmese show. And uh, he's good at that. He's good. He's just a talented guy. Mm-hmm. Pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I feel like we know. Yeah, a lot of people that are talented, but then maybe they don't have that thing to like hip themselves out. In oh the, yeah, in the way. Well, it's it's frust- it's can be frustrating to watch because we have so many friends that have all these talents, but they don't. There's a, there's another component to that a desire to share it mm-hmm. and uh, it it's it's several more steps to go from writing a song to getting it on a record and then going on tour with it that's a lot more steps than just writing mm-hmm. and uh, yeah we have a bunch of friends I'd like to see way more from yeah and, well like, like uh, Pete's doing a lot but then he's also got this job oh yeah he's, he's got he's, a full on career yeah he's he's, he's a, still grinding though yeah yeah he likes doing that. Well, it's kind of like what I was saying about the thing about the stand-up thing. It's like, I think we know a lot of people that are very funny. Yeah. But they may not do well with the format where you get up and you stand right. in front of strangers and you talk right. about yourself for like five minutes. Right. So I've, it's I've, a different skill. I've thought of it because I've had sets doing solo shows that got a lot of laughs. And I find, I'd find myself, you know, trying to improve sets to get more laughs mm-hmm. because it's so gratifying hearing that because I there's nothing I'd rather be doing than laughing. It feels so good. But then I, but then I go, ah. but now, now my, the, the success of my set is I'm gauging it based on laughter. And then I see someone who's just playing straight music, getting no laughs and people are still enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. But then my, my barometer for the success of a set is if folks are laughing and totally happy if they're playing a song that's not funny. Like not every song is funny. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely, after a while there, definitely, tweaked my uh, perception of how if a show was good or not. Yeah. They laughed or not. But man, I mean, it was so, uh, so exciting hearing folks laugh because you know you can't fake that and you can't not enjoy yourself if you're laughing. So you yeah. know they're having a good time when they're doing that. My, my, my kind of way, the thing that's been happening for me is like I'll it'll be kind of mellow and then I'll get kind of the groan laugh. Right. And like oh, a lot of groaning. It's like kind of a groan that's a laughing groan. Right. I'm like, oh, like I kind of want something a little more elevated, a right. little more like up here. Right. Not like a Bleh. Yeah. And but I don't know how to get to that point yet. Yeah. Yeah. But it is like, yeah, like if you don't get any response, that is the worst. Right. Like, oh, no response imagine. is oh, the man. worst. Was it in the same way that playing in the bands we played in, if people are moving then it seems like it's going okay. Right. But if folks are just standing there, oh, no. Yeah. And there's, there are so many bands that, that people, their audience have no, move, no, no movement, oh, no yeah. laughter, yeah. and the, the audiences are yeah. just wrapped, having the best time of their people, life. Yeah, like, people have, like, a band of horses or yeah, something totally. like that where it's just, like, 
we or like Sufjan Stevens or right. something, and it's like, yeah, maybe there's a joke in there once or twice. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it's a different thing they're going for. I feel like those, they maybe have some more confidence yeah. in their material. Yes, they don't. They don't need. They don't need that affirmation of people dancing, right? Or having funny, funny stuff in there to joke, right? To be like you like it, right? Yeah. And I don't know if that's the case, but it seems like that might be. So you do like? Yeah, it's interesting because that was one of the things I was kind of thinking is like I didn't think that you like needed the affirmation as much as, or like you seem like very confident about what you're doing in a way where the affirmation is pretty secondary. No, no. I mean, I, like I think anyone that stands in front of an audience is doing it to mm-hmm. share and be like, do you like this too? I made this. I mm-hmm. like it. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. And I, de- I definitely feel confident in, mm-hmm. I, I feel confident on what I'm playing and, and like it, but uh, you can't beat having somebody agree, agree with you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That has been the thing. I'm kind of like, I'm confident that this is maybe a good idea. But maybe you don't like me. Right. And that's the part where I get caught up on it. I'm like, I'm like, this is probably good. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about myself. Right. <laughs> maybe you guys can help me out with that. Okay. What you want someone who's a little bit more sure of themselves? Okay. Well. And it's funny because that goes two ways too. When when someone is extremely confident, most of the time that inspires confidence in you as a viewer too. Right. But that can backfire too. Oh, this guy's a jerk. Yeah. And then and then. Opposite is true too. If someone's mousy, you can go oh, too mousy, or if they're mousy and they shred, you go, oh, "This is fantastic!" Right. So it, it's across the board. I think for that yeah. stuff, it's, it's hard to put your finger on what makes something compelling to watch and what right. makes what? it boring. Yeah, but I think of like you as being someone who's like very talented, but also like has a humility about what you do. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I, I don't know you hear that a lot, but that's. I think that's the way you don't come across as like I need this to gratify my ego, right? You know, which is what I'm, I think a lot of the people we, that we know it, it is more of that thing. It's just like fill this hole, sure. And this, this is getting a little Marin, but you know what I'm saying? Like sure, there's, yeah. there's part of that thing too. So, no, I, yeah. I think anyone that gets in front of an audience has a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, I feel like this has been good. Yeah, me too. All right, so... Thanks, George. Thanks, Sadie. <laughs> want to say Some that? fart sounds. You want to say that? All right. <laughs> good enough, good Make enough. for the sign-off.